الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على عبد الله ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ما بعد So inshallah we're going to conclude today the tafsir of Surah Al-Fatiha inshallah ta'ala we're going to finish it off today so we reach the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal إِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ so after we praised Allah, how did we praise Allah? Who can remind me? How did we praise Allah? So in the first ayat of Surah Al-Fatiha, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, we praised Allah. And then we mentioned Allah's names, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. We mentioned that Allah is the one who is the master and the king of the day of resurrection, the day of judgment, and that Allah is going to ask everybody about what they did, and that Allah is going to give paradise to the people who did believed and did good deeds, and the hellfire and the punishments for the people who disbelieved in Allah, for the people who turned away from Him. And then came this ayah in the middle, 50-50. Yeah, and what was that 50-50 ayah? إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ You alone we worship, so we don't worship anyone except Allah. All our dua, all of our salah, all of our sacrifice, all of our good deeds is for Allah. Why did we say that Allah mentioned worshipping Him and then mentioned Seeking his help. Isn't seeking his help worshipping him? Yes. Sorry, I, I don't do silent things with moving. Just either speak or don't. Okay. So, so it's the Muslims who seek help from Allah. And other people they seek help from? Others. So what did we say that it's... Did we say it's allowed to ask someone for help? Like could I say to... You, could you help me with my camera, please? You can. So what can I ask for? So I can I ask you for paradise? No. no. So what can I ask you for? What do you think? I can ask you for something that you can do, something normal that you can do. But is it a good idea to ask people for help all the time? No. No, huh? Because you too much asking people for help, what happens? You become reliant on them. You become stuck that I can only, I only can get help if this person if this person doesn't help me, I won't be able to do anything. But when it comes to Jannah, and when it comes to guidance, and when it comes to Iman, who can help us? Only Allah. And a lot of people made the mistake of asking others for help instead of Allah. A lot of people made that mistake and that's one of the reasons why Allah mentioned it. Why else did Allah mention it? Why else did Allah mention seeking His help? Because you're very special? Yeah, you need you need 
Allah's help to worship him. You can't worship Allah unless Allah helps you. That's why we say at the end of our prayer, what, what's the dua that we say at the end, very end of our prayer, the one that Prophet taught to Mu'ad. He said, Inni uhibbuk. O Mu'ad, I love you, so don't leave any obligatory prayer without saying, Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatik. O Allah, help me. Help me to remember you. Help me to be grateful. Help me to worship you properly. You can't worship Allah properly unless Allah helps you. So now we came to them. And, and what did we say Allah says when you say that? Allah said, This is between me and my slave. What's for Allah and what's for the slave? The worship is for Allah and help goes to the slave. Then we say, Ihdina, it means guide us. What type of guidance? What does guidance mean? What is the word? What does guidance mean? Guidance. Guide us. Show us the way. That's one type of guidance. Is that guidance only from Allah? No. That's the type of guidance that can be from Allah and it can be from others. So the Prophet ﷺ can show you the right way. The Prophet ﷺ can show you the right way. Your teacher can show you the right way. Someone in the street, if you're lost, can show you the right way. So what kind of guidance is only from Allah? Guidance to Jannah. Okay, yeah, I like that. That's a very good explanation. Did you have a different one? Guidance to the right path? Sort of, yes. Actually, guidance to the right path goes in both. That you could ask me, that Muhammadin, what's the right path? And I could say, Danny, the right path is you pray five times a day, you believe in Allah properly, you give your zakah, you be a good Muslim. But what can only Allah do out of that? I can describe it to you, but what can only Allah do? Make it happen. That's what I'm looking for. And that's what we call Hidayatul Tawfiq, the guidance of success. I can tell you what you should do to go to Jannah. I can tell myself what I should do to go to Jannah. But I can't actually do it or actually achieve it without Allah's help. So I can say to you, you want to go to Jannah? What should you do? Believe in Allah, worship Allah alone, pray your prayers, give your zakah, be good to your parents. That's how you go to Jannah, right? But to actually do that and be successful, that guidance only comes from Allah. What guidance are you asking Allah for in Surah Al-Fatiha? Which one? Which one of those two? You asking Allah to show you the way, you asking Allah to make it happen. 
Both. Both. <laughs> Not one of them, both. You're asking Allah to show you the way and give you the help and success to be able to actually do it. Because how many people know the way? There are people who know the way, but they don't take the way. There are people outside here, they don't come to the prayer. When you ask them, Yaqi, don't you know that your Jannah is here in the masjid? They say, oh, Wallahi, I know. Sometimes he knows the hadith better than you. He tell you the hadith better than you. But he didn't come. And some people, the problem is, they don't know how to go to Jannah. And that's why you ask Allah to keep you away from those things. So you're asking Allah from both types. Show me the right way and make me actually do it. What is the right way? It's a sirat. Sirat is a path, a road. And we said there's three ways of reciting it, right? Do you remember the three ways of reciting it? Okay, so Ishmam, the Saad Zai. So to say, Zirat. Who read like that? I'm not testing the kids on this, by the way. I'm testing the Arabic. <laughs> No, no, that's a seam. No. Kumbul read it with a seam. Kumbul, he reads Sirat with a seam. Khalaf, Khalaf, Alhamdulillah. Khalaf reads with Zirat between a Saad and a Zai. So you can read, but it's possible for it to be read both ways. But the way that we usually, most of the Imams of the Quran, they read it. How did they read it? With a Saad. It's a straight path. It's a straight path. You know that Allah used this word mustaqim. Do you know what this word mustaqim actually means? This word istiqamah. They say that in Arabic it means istiwa wa It means being standing up straight. It means to stand up straight. Why do you think that Allah described it as a, a path that is really straight? Or upright? How many paths are there? Three. The one home, the one to the masjid, <laughs> one. So there is one path of Allah. This is my path, one path, which is straight. So follow it and don't follow the all the other paths. Should I tell you, you know what the Prophet says in one day? He drew a picture in the sand. He drew a straight line. And he drew lots of other lines going left and right. Lots of lines. Going that way and that way. 
and only one line going straight. And then he recited the ayah, وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاطِي مُسْتَقِيمًا فَاتَّبِعُوهُ وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا السُّبُلَ فَتَفَرَّكَ بِكُمْ عَنْ This is the straight path of Allah. This is the path of Allah that is straight. So follow it. And don't follow these other paths. Because what? where did the other paths take you? To Jahannam. Away from Allah's path. Allah has only one path. Allah doesn't have, you know, sometimes you hear people say every religion, all the paths, they all go, no, there's no all these paths. There's one path. There's one road. And what is that road? What is it like? No, I mean, just describe it to me. What's the road? What do you think it's like? It's very straight. What does that mean when a road is very straight? What are you not scared of? Getting lost. So that's one thing. It's mustaqim because it's you the Prophet said, Tawaktukum al al kanahariha. I left you on a clear path. Its night is like its day. Nobody goes away from it except they're destroyed. It's so clear. It's like floodlit, floodlit, yeah? Like even in the nighttime, it's so clear. Why is it important that it's clear? So it's easy for you to follow that path. You don't feel like, oh, is this Allah's path or is this Allah's path? Should I be Muslim or should I be? No, you know very clearly which is the right path. It's very easy to follow. But the Prophet ﷺ, he described this path. And I'm going to tell you what, how he described this path. He said, Allah gave the example of a path. Okay. This path, on each side of the path, there are tall walls. Walls. Up high. So the path is in the middle. On the left, there is a wall. On the right, there is a wall. The walls have doorways. So they're not flat walls. They have doorways all the way along the wall. And the doorways are covered by curtains. You with me so far? It's a straight path. On the left side, there's a wall. The right side, there's a wall. The wall has doorways. And the doorways, they have curtains over the doorways. When the person starts out on the path, there's a gate. They go through the gate and someone on top of the gate cries out, All servants of Allah, enter Allah's straight path and don't go left or right. Just go straight. When the person comes to go left or right, because human beings are like that, right? You see the door, you're thinking, what's behind the door? 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 And you take the curtain, there's a voice cries out. And the voice says, don't open the curtain. Because if you open it, you're definitely going to go into it. Let me ask you a question. What does this example, it's called a parable, right? Like a... An example to show you Allah's straight path. What does, what does it mean? 
What's the path? What are the walls? What are the doorways? What's the gate? The path is Allah's straight path. Okay, good. The path to Jannah. Okay. The walls are what? What are the walls? Stay what? Stay within the limits. The walls are the limits of Allah. Hududullah. Where is the where is halal and where is haram? Okay, what are the doorways? The doorways are what leads you into haram. Okay. What cried out when you started down the path? What gives you a general, like what gives you your advice as you go in, when you're starting out, you're going down, into your, you know, down this road. What do you have at the very beginning to teach you the straight path? What is it? The Quran. That's right. The voice that cries out at the beginning, take Allah's straight path, that's the Quran. Because when you start down the path, the Quran is telling you, go down Allah's straight path. And the Quran describes what that path is, and it describes what the other paths are like. Okay, what about when you're about to go through the curtain? What is it that stops you? The Quran is telling you in the beginning. The Quran said, go straight, don't go left, don't go right. The one in your head. It tells you like chocolates. No, not that voice. The other one. Okay, <laughs> go on. You're close. You're not wrong. I'm just playing with you a little bit. Huh? Hati. Good. The two of you, if you combine together, you're about right. The Prophet said, or he described it as, the alarm system, the warning system that is in the heart of every Muslim. It's your heart tells you this is wrong. Now we're not telling you, you know, you, you have only your heart. No, you have the Quran. The Quran is telling you, the Sunnah is telling you what's right, what's wrong. But when you're about to do something wrong, don't you feel in your heart you're about to do something wrong? You feel what? I don't think this is... This is not right. Yeah? So you realize. But what happens if you don't listen to that voice? Hmm. Becomes? Easy to ignore. And eventually you don't even hear it at all. Which is why you see a lot of the non-Muslims outside do all kinds of wrong things and they never think they're doing anything wrong. But you, if you're listening to yourself, you're listening to the Quran, you have the instructions, you do realize when you're going to do something wrong and you have a chance to step back. Yes. Sorry? Yeah, what's behind the curtain is haram. So that's not a good way. Something's going to take you away from Allah's path and going to take you away from Allah a little bit or a lot. Does that make sense? Okay. The path of the people. So now Allah is describing which people are on the path. Who do you expect to see on the path with you? 
if you're on Allah's straight path, when you're looking around. Yes, Salman. Sorry? I couldn't hear what you said. Good Muslims. Good. I think that's good. Salihin, righteous people. Good Muslims and righteous people. Yes. Prophets. That's who you're supposed to be following. The footsteps you're following, you're supposed to be following the footsteps of the prophets. And our prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He left you on that path. He went on the path first. He showed you which way to go. You have to put your footsteps in his footsteps and follow. Who else do you expect to see on the path? Go on. Jannah at the end of the path. Which people do you expect to see on the path? The righteous. Righteous, Danny mentioned, yeah. Go on. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end. Right? You expect to see Allah and meet Allah at the end when you go to Jannah, inshallah. Yes. Go on. On the path to Jannah. Okay. Allah told us who is on the path. Allah said, فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءَ وَالصَّالِحِينَ وَحَسُنَ أُولَٰئِكَ رَفِيقًا The Prophets on the path. The Siddiqun, like Abu Bakr Siddiq, who else is described as Siddiq in the Qur'an? Who is described as, with that in the Qur'an? I'm talking about Abu Bakr. Who in the Quran did Allah say they're from the Siddiqeen? The truthful people. Not a prophet. Someone who wasn't a prophet, who Allah said about them in the Quran, that they are from the Siddiqeen. Maryam. وَأُمُّهُ Siddiqa. His mother was Siddiqa. Maryam السلام, Maryam, the likes of Abu Bakr. Okay, Shuhada, the martyrs, the people who died for Islam. Who was the first martyr in Islam? What was her name? Sumayyah. anha. Okay, after that then, which other martyrs do we know? People who died for Islam from the Sahaba. Hamza, radiallahu an. Many, many. Which famous from the Khulafa al-Rashidin were killed? Umar was stabbed, right? When he died. And Uthman and Ali, radiallahu an. All of them were they were killed and they died for Islam. So you expect to see those people on the path. Yeah? And the good Muslims. And they're the best people to have with you on your journey. If you're going to have someone on your journey, you want to look ahead, you see the Prophet. 
you look ahead, you see Abu Bakr, and you see Uthman, and you see Umar, you see Ali, you see the likes of Maryam, the likes of Sumayya, and people, you see many, many people on that path, from the best of the Muslims, and the people who Allah loved, and the people who Allah gave them Jannah. So they're the people who you expect to be on the path with, and the good Muslims who are following them. Who isn't on the path? Two people. Not two people, but two groups of people. The two people are, or the two groups of people are, the people that Allah is angry with. Allah is angry with them. And the Dalun, who are the Dalin or the Dalun? Ignorant people, people who are lost, they don't know what the truth is. Okay. When the Prophet was asked about these two people, who did he say they were? Yeah, which groups of non-Muslims did he say they were? They said, O Messenger of Allah, are they the Jews and the Christians? He said, who else? Faman. Who else are they? So what he meant by this is, there are two main groups of people who went away from the path. One of them, they went away from the path because they knew where the path was, but they chose to go a different way. They knew what was right, and they knew what was wrong, and they chose what was wrong. So they had a choice, right, wrong, okay? This is right, this is wrong, I'll have wrong. And they are the people Allah said, Allah called them al-maghdubi alayhim, Allah is angry with them. Why is Allah angry with them? Both of them didn't follow the right path. But why is Allah angry with them? Exactly. Because they had knowledge. They knew which path is right and which path is wrong and which way to go and they chose to go the wrong way. They said, people would say to them, is this a prophet? They would say, yeah, he's a prophet. And we're his enemies. Like they knew that it was the wrong way. If you know something is the wrong way, and then you choose the wrong way, Allah is going to be angry with you. And it's not just them. Anyone who knows the difference between right and wrong and chooses wrong is going to be along with that group. As for the Christians who the Prophet described as Abbalin or Balun, they are the people who don't know the difference between right and wrong. You said to them, which path is right and which path is wrong? Well, I have no idea. Do you have any clue which path is right, which path is wrong? No. No clue. So what does that tell you about your life as a Muslim? How should you behave? Who can summarize now for me? 
like what how should you be if you don't if you want to be like the people who are on the straight path but you don't want to be like those two how should you be how should you live your life then yes you um, okay so good you i want someone to explain what yusuf said though like to break it down into by getting knowledge and by putting it into practice by getting knowledge and putting it into practice learn islam and practice islam if you learn islam but don't practice islam you become from al-maghdubi alayhi if you don't learn islam at all you can become from if you learn Islam and practice what you know, you become from the people who are on the Sirat al Mustaqim. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. At the end of all of this dua, Allah Azza wa says, This is for my servant, and my servant will have what they ask for. What you asked Allah for. Allah will give it for you. What did you ask Allah for? You asked Allah to help you. You asked Allah to put you on the straight path. You asked Allah to keep you away from the people who Allah was angry with. And you asked Allah to keep you away from the people who were lost, astray. They didn't know which way to go. And then you said, Ameen. What does anyone know what Ameen means? What Ameen Amin means. Yes. Kind nearly, you're getting there, you're not far away. Amin. When you say Amin, and everyone says Amin. Accept. Stajib. Answer us. That's what it means. Accept it from us. Why do you ask Allah like that? Why do you ask Allah so strongly? Answer me. Go on. It shows you really want it. You should never ask Allah as though you don't really want it. You should never be like, oh, if you want to give me Jannah, give me Jannah. If you don't want to give me Jannah, it's okay. No, you should ask Allah so though you really want it. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, Make dua to Allah while you are certain and confident Allah is going to answer you. You know, you don't make a half 50 50 dua. You make a real dua from your heart and you can't force Allah to do something. But you can only just ask Allah. Ameen, O oh Allah, answer my dua. And Allah says, this is for my servant and my servant will have what they ask for. Generally, what have you learned about making dua from Surah Al-Fatiha? From the beginning. What can you say you've learned about making dua from it? From what you've heard. Some of the etiquettes of du'a or the way you should make du'a. The first one I help you out. Make du'a at the right place and the right time. 
Because Surah Al-Fatiha, you're making dua while you are praying, right? So you're, you're serious about, you chose the right time. The right time, yeah? Okay. What else have you learned? Yes. Praise Allah first. You should start by praising Allah first. Yes. Being on the right path? Okay, very good. Very good. What about mentioning Allah's names and attributes, yeah? Like saying, Ya Rahman, Irhamni, Ya Ghafoor, Ighfirli, O Allah, forgive me, O Most Merciful, have mercy on me. Yeah? What else have you learned about making dua? Ask for it like you really want it. Okay, what else have you learned from making dua from Surah Al-Fatiha? Yes. Ask Allah what you want. Ask Allah what you want. Excellent. And ask Allah to help you. And ask Allah for the most important things also. Ask Allah for everything. But I mean like ask. Don't forget. You know sometimes you're asking Allah for everything you want in the world, right? Oh Allah, give me money and oh Allah give me a nice house and oh Allah give me a nice car and you forgot to ask for Jannah yeah what else what do you think anything what you've learned from Surah Al-Fatiha what you have about how you should ask Allah or do you need to ask Allah for guidance yeah what do you think do you have an idea It's okay, you can think a little while. Yeah, ask Allah for the Sirat al Mustaqim, for the straight path. Ask Allah for the straight path. Yeah, so not just asking Allah for what you want, but also asking Allah to keep you away from what you don't want. Yeah, very good. Yes. Ask for forgiveness. That's implied in Surah Al-Fatiha from Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. They're asking Allah for his rahmah, for his mercy. Yes. Ah, uh, don't open the doors to the haram. Don't go near. Because if you start going down that road, it's sometimes difficult to get back on the right road again. Ah, uh, very good. Repeating it. Because we repeat Surah Al-Fatiha. So keep on making dua. Don't just make dua once for something and stop. The Prophet ﷺ told us everyone's dua will be answered except for the one who rushes. They said, what is rushing, O Messenger of Allah? He said, the one who says, I made dua and I made dua and I made dua, but Allah didn't answer me. So they stopped making dua. How is your dua answered? Does every time... I want you to think about this. How is your dua answered? How does Allah answer your dua? Do you have an idea? Yeah, go on. No, no, so, okay. First of all, sometimes Allah answers your dua straight away, right then and there, on the minute you said it. That's one. Sometimes Allah delays the answer why 
Allah can do everything. Allah can do anything. You asked Allah for a billion, 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 billion pounds of anything. Allah can give you whatever He wants. So why does Allah delay? Could be a test. Something more than that. Because it isn't good for you at that time. Allah knows it's not the right thing for you at that time. You don't know. Allah knows and you don't know. You think this is the best thing for me. Allah, Allah, give me this, give me this. And Allah knows it's not good for you. This is going to take you away from the Sirat al Mustaqim, the straight path. So I'm not going to give it just yet. Give it later. When might Allah give it later? Something bad might be about to happen and Allah might take the bad thing away from you. Very good. Something good and He's waiting to give it for you at the best time. Okay. One more thing. Maybe He's going to give it to you when you need it the most. And when will you definitely need it the most? When, when do you 100% you need something the most? Yeah. When you get questioned on the Day of Judgment That maybe you asked Allah for everything Oh Allah give me this, give me, give me, give me And Allah waited until the Day of Judgment And you had, didn't have enough good deeds to go to Jannah And Allah gave you all those things at that time And you ended up getting enough to go to Jannah So you have to remember And when you remember the story of Surah of, of Yusuf in Surah Yusuf What do you see about how Allah gives things to people? I know we haven't done the full story yet But just from what you know Inna Rabbi Latif Allah gives it in a Subtle way there's a very famous statement, there's a, it's a, a lady from among the tabi'een after the Sahaba. She said something very powerful. She said, you know when you make dua to Allah to give you money, Allah doesn't send gold and silver bars down to hit you from the sky. Yeah? It's not the sunnah of Allah, it's not the way of Allah. Ya Allah, Allahum zuk, Allahum zuk, oh Allah give me money, give me rizq. Bang, bang, gold and silver bars hitting you on the head. Nuggets. No, it doesn't happen like that, right? It doesn't start raining diamonds. Yeah, oh, diamonds, diamonds, rain. You know, it doesn't happen. What happens? Allah sends you an opportunity. Allah sends you somebody who gives you a chance for this, and then something happens, and then something happens, and then you buy something, and suddenly all that you asked Allah for, it came. Allah is Latif. Not everything is straight like that. You say, Allah give me, oh Allah give me something. And sometimes it doesn't come that way. It comes, yeah, from where he didn't think it was going to come. Didn't think it was going to come from there. It came from another way, another direction. So that's how it is sometimes. So you also learned that from, from Surah Al-Fatiha 
and the way that we make dua to Allah in Surah Al-Fatiha. So inshallah you remember these meanings when you are praying, keep it in your mind, what you're asking Allah for, you learn a little bit more about it and hopefully you concentrate a little bit more in your salah as well. Yes. Did I miss something? No problem. So inshallah ta'ala that brings us to the end of Surah Al-Fatiha. And before we go inshallah, there's a couple of things that we have to do. First of all, we have to do questions. But before that, we have to remind everybody next week, starting from Tuesday and Friday and Saturday, the class will move to after Maghrib. Okay? It won't be straight away after Maghrib, like as in finish Maghrib and start, but it will be inshallah around about six o'clock. So we finish Maghrib, we set everything up, we take our time, and around, just maybe around six o'clock we will start. That's UK time, so that will be easy for, easier for everybody to attend inshallah. Does anyone have any questions now? Yes. Yes. Allah doesn't need anybody to worship Him. Allah doesn't need anyone to worship Him. But Allah deserves us to worship Him. We haven't done the stories of the prophets yet, no. Uh, maybe, maybe, but I'm not going to do story. I'm not going to do stories of the prophet just yet. Um, there was something I was going to do, which has gone from my mind. I will tell you next week, inshallah ta'ala, because I was... No. No, 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 no. I had something in my mind I was going to do. No, no, no. Yes. Until Isha, inshallah. From 6 o'clock until Isha. Yani until 7 ish. 6 till 7. From 6 o'clock until 7 o'clock, inshallah. So I'll announce the class topic next week, inshallah, because I can't remember what I, I had in my mind that we were going to go next. It was related. I had it in my mind. We're gonna. It was a. Uh, it was related to the topic that we were doing. Oh yeah, I remembered. <laughs> okay, I remembered, and I'll do it next. I'll tell you about it next week, inshallah. I remembered. I remembered what we're gonna do next week, inshallah. Okay, that's what Allah made easy for us to mention. Allah knows best. Was salatu wassalam ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi.